for the shelter of the under the shelter of the almighty he will surely reward you richly amen glory to god so it says your his grace is sufficient my dear friend whatever you are in the situation right now whatever difficulty whatever pain whatever trauma whatever problems like the wilderness like the desert if you say pastor all i can see is desert all i can see is wilderness i have lost a loved one i am going through grief i've lost my health i have lost my years if there is something that you're going through a wilderness people against you something that you have lost a desert you know when you are going through a desert the bible gives a beautiful answer how you can come out of a desert how you can come out of the wilderness how you can come out of the storm how you can come out of sickness how you can come out of financial difficulty you can come out from the wilderness leaning on the beloved you must see the scripture song of songs chapter 8 verse number 5 how you can come out of the wilderness it says who is this coming up from the wilderness leaning upon her beloved church repeat after me i am leaning upon my beloved say leaning upon my beloved confess it leaning upon my beloved how you can come out of desert how you can come out of wilderness leaning on my beloved he is the other oxen so lean on the oxen lean on the on the beloved on your beloved so from the trouble from the desert how did she come out leaning how simple how easy leaning on the beloved you have people around you who hate you you have people who is troubling you you are going through difficulty you are going through pain in your body saying i'm having too much of pain in my body how are you going to come out of that desert that wilderness in your life leaning upon your beloved leaning upon the beloved amen from today learn to lean on the beloved when you learn to lean you are saying his grace is sufficient his strength is made perfect in my weakness so when you are leaning upon the beloved i saw that in greek it says coming up coming up is emerging as victorious coming up is coming out climbing that mountain and standing on the top coming up means excelling going on top how you can rise on top how you can come out of the storm how you can come out of the trouble one solution leaning on the beloved amen what a beautiful picture it is leaning on jesus how simple the solution is leaning on jesus when you're leaning on jesus what's happening grace is sufficient that is the way you receive abundance of grace his grace is sufficient for you when you are leaning on the beloved amen glory to god the third way how to receive the abundance two things i've completed now the third thing the third way to receive abundance of grace let's show them second corinthians chapter 9 verse number 8 it says god is able to abound all grace towards you it says god is able to make all grace abound god is able to make all grace abound he has already given the grace i told you it is talking about your soul now how god is able to make all grace abound towards you 
that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. How many wants God's grace to abound towards you? All of us. Now how the grace of God can abound towards you? Shall we see the previous scripture? Because the Bible has to always be read in the context. Let's see the previous scripture. It gives me the answer. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart. Not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. Amen. It says the one who gives to God. The one who gives cheerfully. Not grudgingly. The one who gives to God his tithes, his offerings, his seed sowing. Giving not grudgingly. Very important. You can give but grudgingly. You can give murmuringly. You can give because you have to give. You can give because you want to keep the records clean. But the Bible says, give cheerfully. God loves a cheerful giver. After this, now see the next scripture. When you give to God cheerfully what belongs to God, it says the next scripture, after the cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound. It's a connecting verse. And so when you give to God, God is able to make all grace abound. How? Because giving is a transaction. You are releasing your faith. When you give to God, you release your faith. It's a transaction which is completed in faith. And what the Lord has already provided comes to you. God's grace is abounding because you have expressed your faith. You have made provision, made room in your mind to receive abundance of grace. How powerful it is. Just by giving. I thought this is the most easiest way to receive abounding grace. Just by giving. Whatever is there, take it and give it, give it, give it. So that you get abounding grace. Amen. Because God has given grace. Don't get me wrong. God has given abounding grace in your spirit. What is the context here, Apostle Paul is saying? In your soulish realm, the understanding, the knowledge, the revelation of grace is given to you. Because when you give, you cannot give without revelation of giving. So now when you give with the revelation of giving, you get because it is you who's manifesting with your faith. It is grace through faith. God has given all things by his grace. You receive all things through faith in his grace. Amen. How powerful, uh, church. Three ways to receive abounding grace so that we can reign in life. I have spoken only on one thing, abounding grace. I have not spoken on gift of righteousness. That's another topic I'll teach you some other day. And today I spoke on the knowledge, epignosis, precise and correct information of God. Epignosis is such a big subject. I can teach you so many things on that, on the knowledge of God. I will do it to you in the coming days. So don't miss the series of abounding grace. Grace flowing in your weakest area. Grace is flowing where you are really weak. So today, all of you be happy, be joyful, rejoicing, knowing the weakness, the struggle, the pain that you're going through and say, God, I am coming out leaning on my beloved. Church, please confess after me. Leaning on my beloved. Leaning on my beloved. I will come out of this battle. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. His grace is sufficient for me. Amen. Can we all say that together? 
His grace is sufficient for me. Amen. Question number one. To whom did God say that his grace is sufficient? To Apostle Paul. Why did God say to Apostle Paul that his grace is sufficient? What, why did God give that response that my grace is sufficient? Because Apostle Paul was pleading with God. And for what Apostle Paul was pleading with God? How many times Apostle Paul pleaded? He pleaded with God three times. He kept pleading with God. Why he was pleading with God? Because thorn in the flesh. Now the thorn in the flesh is an idiom used by the Hebrews. It is not referring to sickness. It could be referring to the persecution that Apostle Paul is going through. So he was pleading to God to take off the thorn in the flesh. Now who gave that thorn in the flesh? Satan, the messenger, was the one who put the thorn in the flesh, right? Now, why did Satan put the thorn in the flesh? Because of the abundance of revelation. See, you should get to the root, okay? You should get to the root. Once you have the knowledge, then grace is multiplied. Amen. So you get to the root. So because Apostle Paul had an abundance of revelation, when the sower soweth the word, who comes? The Satan comes. So he had an abundance of revelation. And so the Satan, the messenger comes and he puts the thorn in his flesh for what? To torment him. The Bible is very clear. He sent the thorn in the flesh to torment Apostle Paul. And now there is this thorn in the flesh and he's pleading to God. Three times he's begging to God, God, take it off from me. God, take it off from me. And every time Apostle Paul prayed to God, every time God responded to Apostle Paul saying, my grace is sufficient for you. Now comes the most important question. Why? Most important question is, sufficient for what? Is it that his grace is sufficient to carry on with your sickness? Is it that his grace is sufficient for you to carry on with every lack that you're lacking? Is it that his grace is sufficient for you to continue with your weakness? Is it that his grace is sufficient for you to continue with your poverty? See, this, is, this portion is most misunderstood, misinterrupted. Okay, it is like uh, the interpretation of it is completely wrong. People take that portion and they say, See, God did not answer Apostle Paul's prayer. It was God's will that Apostle Paul continued in that problem. It is God's will so that Apostle Paul will always lean on God. So God sent the thorn in his flesh. So it is God who sends you sickness to teach you lessons. That is how they interpret. Now why God said my grace is sufficient for you to Apostle Paul is because how is grace multiplied? By the knowledge. So to Apostle Paul, if you notice, God did not tell Apostle Paul, peace and grace be multiplied. 
because he already had abundance of his revelation so god told to apostle paul my grace is sufficient because you already have abundance of revelation he said my grace is sufficient sufficient for what sufficient see if you have to wrap up in one word apostle paul as you just heard he wrote three fourth of the new testament and all of his revelations if you have to sum it up in one word it can be summed up in that one word called grace if you have to sum up all his revelations in one word it was grace okay that was the revelation apostle paul had now when jesus asked peter who do you say i am what did peter say thou art the christ the son of the living god the moment peter said that jesus said blessed are you for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but my father who is in heaven and then what did god jesus go on to say to peter peter you are a rock and then it goes on to say on this rock i will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it now what is that this rock he is not referring to the person peter it is saying this rock he is referring to the revelation that peter received on that revelation i choose to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it so the revelation what peter had is what referred to as a rock now here is apostle paul and he has abundance of revelation and the revelation summed up is called grace so he's got a rock in his hand right and the rock is grace revelation of his grace so god is telling my grace is sufficient for you peter paul you have a rock take that rock and knock him on his head amen, amen? this grace is not sufficient for you to continue in your poverty His grace is not sufficient for you to continue with your sickness. His grace is not sufficient for you to continue in your weakness. His in your weakness his grace is made perfect. Amen. It is your strength. Take that rock and knock him on his head. Amen. There is no opposition against that revelation Paul. there is no opposition against the revelation that god has given to you use that revelation of grace for my grace is sufficient for you amen you want to read that portion can we read that second uh, corinthians chapter 12 yes see this if i wanted to boast i would be no fool in doing so because i would be telling the truth but i won't do it because i don't want any to give me credit beyond what they can see in my life or hear in my message even though i have received such wonderful revelations from god he received abundance of revelations from god so to keep me from becoming proud i was given a thorn in my flesh by whom a messenger from satan for what to torment me and keep me from becoming proud next verse 3 different times i begged the lord to take it away each time he said 
My grace is all you need. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. One more important thing you must notice, God never did what Apostle Paul was supposed to do. What Apostle Paul was supposed to do, he was supposed to use that revelation. It was Apostle Paul's job to resist Satan, to resist and ensure that that flesh, the thorn is taken away. That's what the Bible says, resist and he will flee. But we all keep telling, begging God, God resist. No, God has already done his part. To resist Satan is our part. Amen. Can you see that? So that is the revelation you must have about God's grace. Amen. His grace is never sufficient for you to continue in lack or to continue in sickness or to continue in poverty. His grace is there for you to reign in life. Amen. You might receive the abundance of his grace so that you reign in life. Amen. Amen. Are you glad, church? Praise God for the blood covenant, Amen. the new covenant, Amen. the grace covenant. Amen. Amen. In the previous week, we saw clearly how by the blood, the Israelites received power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. We clearly saw how by the blood, the Israelites received everything pertaining to life. But how then did they move from being blessed to get cursed? Because follow me, in Exodus chapter 12, the Passover was instituted. Exodus chapter 13, Pharaoh let them go. Exodus chapter 14, they crossed the Red Sea. Exodus chapter 15, they sang praises to God. The chapter is entitled, The Song of Moses. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things for us. Exodus chapter 16, it was bread from heaven. Exodus chapter 17, it was water from the rock. So they went from blessing to blessing to blessing. It was favor upon favor upon favor. But then one chapter later, in Exodus chapter 19, God said to Moses, whoever touches this mountain shall surely be put to death. Why? What happened? What made God to say that? In just one chapter, in just one step, they moved from being blessed to get cursed. What was that step they took? When did they take that step and how did they take that step? Church, they took that step by just speaking three simple words. In fact, I would not call that as three simple words. I would call that as three dangerous words. We all have heard about the three powerful words that Jesus used in Matthew chapter 4 to resist Satan. But do you know the three dangerous words the Israelites used to move from being blessed to get cursed? You're looking at me like, Pastor, hold on. What was the three powerful words that Jesus used, Pastor? 
It is written. Amen. Every time Satan came to Jesus, first time he said, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Again, Satan comes back. Jesus says, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, Satan comes back and he says, away from me, Satan, for it is written, thou shall worship the Lord your God only and him only you shall serve. And then Satan left him. So those were the three powerful words. Looks simple, but it is powerful. Right? Looks very simple. It is written. But those were the three powerful words. Similarly, now coming to this story, what was the three dangerous words? To know the three powerful words is important so that we can use them. But to know the three dangerous words is important so that we don't use them. Right? So the three dangerous words, the, when they took that step and how they took that step is like this. Exodus chapter 19 and verse 8. This is how and this is when they took that step. Exodus chapter 19 and verse 8. Then all the people together in one accord said to Moses, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. All what the Lord has spoken, we will do. The moment... They uttered those three dangerous words. We will do. Exodus chapter 20 got its title. The Ten Commandments. This is exactly where it changed, church. You should know this. This is exactly where everything changed. And the moment... They said, we will do. God said, okay, have it your way. This is what you're supposed to do. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make any carved image. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Honor your father and mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not covet. You shall not steal. You shall not bear any false witness. And from then on, it was a law after law, after law. The law of the altar, the law concerning servants, the law concerning violence, animal control laws, and then it goes on with law after law after law. All because of three dangerous words. Look simple, but very dangerous. What are the three dangerous words? We will do. We will do. We will do. That's the song they're singing even in hell today. We did it. We did it. We did it. The song they're singing in heaven. God did it. God did it. God did it. Amen. Amen. Sounds simple, very dangerous. Sounds simple, very powerful. So the moment all this came... And because all this happened at the time of Moses, all of this was summed up and called as the law of Moses. As the law of Moses. And the moment they got into that law of Moses, 
the law of works, they got cursed. Now you might look and look into my eyes and ask me, Pastor, why pastor? So is it wrong to work? Come next Sunday. Okay? Don't miss. You should know that. If you know that, and if that knowledge of His grace is multiplied, you will reign in life. Amen. We believe you were blessed by this message. Our vision is to make known the mystery of the gospel, which is Christ in you. You can be a blessing by partnering with Priya Abraham Ministries to share this good news. To partner, visit priyaabraham.org slash partner.